0: Hey everyone, welcome to Inflow with Change, the podcast that tells you all there is to know about how to tap into your own deeper knowing. This show is for people who are ready to let go of their armors, explore unknown territories and invite more curiosity into their lives. People who are ready to let go of perfectionism and what they think they should be and simply be who they truly are. Before we dive into today's episode, I just want to invite you to listen with an open mind and a honest heart, to explore the triggers that some episodes may arise in you and flow through them with kindness towards yourself. My name is Sara Bigatti, an Italian living abroad. I am a human being, first of all, on a journey of continuous exploration and with the intention to live my life in the most authentic way. I'm a qualified movement and breath coach, fascinated by the human body in all its forms and capacities. After years in the personal training industry, which still is a great part of my work today, I encountered animal flow and discovered a new layer of connection with my own body. At the same time, I started exploring the magic of our own breath and what it means to be present with it. This journey, which is a never ending one, is allowing me to let go of layers that do not serve me anymore and be fully present here and now. Do not be surprised if in a few years you will meet a different version of me. I believe in our transformative nature. Sometimes it feels we do not have a choice, but most of the times we do, It is a matter of perspective. I am so excited to be sharing with you concepts and ideas, conversations with amazing people, experts and professionals I have encountered along the way and have in their own way sparked my curiosity to ask even more questions to them, to myself and to life. Thank you all for listening and flowing with me. Hello, everybody. So today we are here with Grecos, who is a movement and breath coach. And actually, the well, the teacher I learned oxygen advantage from when I was in England. There's um, much more about him, but the main and uh, we will give him space also to share something about that. The main thing that he does is running and Qigong with some Qigong uh, inspiration and uh, he, he uses the breath as a guiding tool for running as well. We will dive into that more later. But the reason why I decided to invite Gray, um, especially Gray, to this talk is because I would like to understand more and talk more about the link, the days between movement and breath, as well as how we can actually practice movement instead of thinking about movement first, thinking about breath first and interlink the two in a way that gives us more ease as well. There, there is more and much more about Gray that uh, we want to talk about. We will talk also about yeah, surgery and recovery from surgery and how the breath can help such a process and much more about that. So I want to first give Gray the space to, to say something about himself. Um, yeah. And just give a little introduction to us.
1: Yeah, certainly. Thank you, Sarah, for inviting me actually onto the podcast. I really appreciate that. And um, thank you for that. Yeah, just a little bit about um, my background um, in health and fitness. I actually changed careers quite late in life because I was a, a graphic designer and a web designer. And it wasn't until sort of like 2010 that I actually decided I wanted to get more involved in health uh, and fitness. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had no training or no background at all in that apart from the fact that I hated sport at school (laughs) (laughs) so many clients come to me and say oh but I hated it at school (laughs) (laughs) but what I did enjoy the main thing I did enjoy at school was cross-country running Mm. Uh, um, I think I don't know why that was I think it was because I like being outdoors I like getting in the mud um, it was very much you could work as a team, but it was very much you could run on your own as well. So you would you weren't relying on a team sport. Um, so when uh, after sort of like in my early 30s, after I'd done absolutely nothing from point of view of he- exercise, I did get back into running, mm-hmm. uh, joined a gym and through just getting back into my running, I decided, yeah, I want to be able to help people with their running because I've seen a lot of people struggling with with running. Um, And when I first started again, I was struggling and getting injured and and I was understanding or I was aiming to understand why was that the case. So I did some research on the Internet and was looking at various techniques because quite often we don't think we need to learn techniques of running we'll 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 think oh i need to learn how to play golf or how to mm-hmm. play tennis but do you learn how a technique of how to run and th- there wasn't actually much out there back in the 2004 this was to the beginning of the 2000s but there were the two techniques that i read about one was pose running um, mm-hmm. and the other was chi running and i had no understanding of either of them but I got the Chi running book and I found a lot of what that was saying was actually made a lot of sense. So I followed the Chi running book. I had no sort of like background on what Chi was or what mindfulness was or anything. And cut a long story short, I decided I wanted to teach running, running technique because again, as I said, I'd, it, it helped me and i wanted to to share that and show how people didn't have to kill themselves basically (laughs) to run uh, that running should be something that is enjoyable and that is that is is, is a, a way of moving a way of transportation rather than just something about trying to win a race so i trained then as a personal trainer here in the uk because i had no background in anatomy and physiology so i wanted to understand a little bit more about exercise mm. and then running coaching and trained as a running coach um, and going on from there meeting patrick McEwen yeah uh, through the guy who actually developed chi running so danny dreyer his is a was the guy who wrote chi running who developed chi running in the united states and he was in contact with patrick patrick McEwan. When Patrick was putting the Oxygen Advantage book together, yeah. um, and Patrick had spoken to Danny about G running, and Danny had said, "Speak to Gray because Patrick was in Ireland and I was in the UK, okay. so it was a sort of like space to get together and do some work together." Yeah, and Patrick came over and we did the first Oxygen Advantage masterclass uh, okay. in London, uh, and then things have just developed from there. But I suppose getting into movement and breath very much from the starting point with my running, particularly with chi running, and also with a running coach that I worked with, an England athletics running coach that I worked with, okay. who just coincidentally, I didn't, I didn't find him because of this, but coincidentally, he was uh, a cardio physiotherapist. So okay. he worked, works in a London hospital helping people uh, prepare and rehab from major operations long operations heart operations so he knows his breath work he knew patrick <laughs> uh, but this was before i actually met patrick and um, the first session he gave me was like right i'll check your breath rate and i like, why am i doing running coaching and checking my breath rate but that was that was sort of like my first lead into how to breathe efficiently when you're moving and then she running came along and then oxygen advantage came along so it just all started to fit it into place so that's where that's sort of like a bit of my background i hope that's not
0: no 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 (laughs) (laughs) no it's actually very interesting and maybe i wanted to just um give a couple of a few words like if you if you want to take the lead on that just on what oxygen advantage is and what chi like what does chi stands for also because you talked about chi running but sure. um what is chi i mean we know chi kong but like what what is actually yeah. that
1: so if we start with chi running so i i don't teach chi running anymore but mm-hmm. I, I taught it for a, a good 10 years um chi just means energy it base very basically means energy and danny danny dreyer um was is a very good ultra marathoner he's done a mm-hmm. lot of ultra marathons but he was finding from running he was getting injured but he was also practicing tai chi at the same time and then he had this amazing idea of what if i combine the principles of tai chi into how i move as a runner mm. i think this is really important because we tend to sort of like say or oh, running needs to be hard work or yoga is soft movements or qigong is soft movements but actually it's moving the body and the idea of bringing the principles of tai chi and the principles of tai chi qigong are are very simple things like moving from your center of gravity so it's very it's very logical when you think about it is that you're going to be more efficient if you if you move and align your body with gravity uh, it's about doing the least amount of of, of effort um, for the most of uh, best outcomes. So doing things that are efficient, doing a movement or, or feeling a flow of energy, unblocking mm. anywhere that's tight, um, uh, clearing anywhere that's blocked, um, and, and the idea of like chi or energy running through the body. But that's quite simply just making sure that your muscles aren't tight or you haven't got tight joints and that that blood can flow naturally through the body. So it doesn't have to be anything that is mystical. Um, uh, and often people say to me, oh, well, I, I can't feel the energy. What's this energy I'm supposed to be feeling? It's like stand, <laughs> outside, stand outside with your feet together, close your eyes and just feel the wind blowing around you. Even if it's a soft breathe, there's some energy. There's external energy.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: The internal energy, when you breathe in and out, you're creating energy you're bringing oxygen into the blood and that oxygen has been delivered by the blood around the body and then that oxygen's been offloaded into every single cell creating energy so that's that's your energy flowing through the body and that first source of energy into the body is through the breath so quite often if you say to people right well, how do you, how do you get energy oh it's all about food yes and of course food is a <laughs> An energy source and we need that food as an energy source but everybody misses out the first point of call first part of call for energy coming into the body is is in that breath in in the everyday breath that you take
0: yeah yeah and do you think like uh the reason I mean what do you think is the reason why people find it fine running so hard but also such a thing that they push away they're like oh no i really hate running like that's really like yeah. i find it so boring so do you think like that's like um i don't know i'm thinking like when, when you talk about that i'm thinking like when you when you get into the breath for example into the present of the breath you're also much more present much more mindful much more into whatever you are doing being that running or something else but in a And that's my thought. Um, But in the society of today, we tend to perform and uh, get towards performance most of the time. So running, it's hard. Running, it's boring. Running, yeah, because the mind is projecting, okay, I need to run for 30 minutes, for example. I need to be exhausted. I need to run out of breath. I don't know. So my question again is, uh, why do you think it's that um, rejected running somehow?
1: I think... I think you've answered all the questions there. Actually, but <laughs> you put it really, really well, and I think it is almost like this: our mindset of what, why we are running, and running. We we don't tend to have to do now um, uh, in our, in our lives. Uh, you, you can go back. Um, there was uh, yesterday uh, the Kenyan Kachobi, Elliot Kibchobi, um beat the world yeah <laughs> the yes and that's that was his life do you know what i mean people who have trained that they, they haven't trained to be, to run they, this was part of their life this was part of their everyday life particularly in their childhood and going back to what i said about school is uh quite often school particularly my year at school um it, it was about This should be enjoyed PE, PE, fitness is is not something that should be enjoyed, it should be enjoyed. And if you're not pushing yourself, you're not, you're not benefiting from it, benefiting from it. So I think psychologically, and I've had this from quite a few clients who come to me, of of like my age or a little bit younger, um, or even a little bit older, who will say, oh, but I hated running at school. Because I think it it was highlighted, perhaps not every school, um, but it was perhaps highlighted as something that if you were slow and at the back, you'd failed. So yeah. you became, yeah. oh, I don't want to be picked for the team, or I'm very sluggish, or whatever. And I think it's that that mindset of what running is all about. So when I, if I'm working with runners, the first thing I say to someone is, why are you running? Mm-hmm. And then it really somebody's like, oh. I don't know (laughs) and if somebody says oh i I want to run to lose weight or something like that it's like there are a lot of easier things that you can do (laughs) Um, running is something that you like with anything in life you have to enjoy what you're doing because you won't do it and also from that mind-body connection if you don't enjoy what you're doing, your body won't respond from an enjoyment point of view. So yeah. it'll go into a stress situation. It'll go into like, this is really horrible and this da, 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 and the breathing will change. So your mind will be telling your body, don't function optimally. I'm, I'm really not comfortable in, in what I'm doing here. Yeah. And yeah. what I would say with like, like you said, if you've got, I've got to run for 30 minutes and I've got to be as fast as possible. There's a big difference between I'm going to go and run on a treadmill for exercise for 30 minutes to actually it's a beautiful day out here at the minute so i'm just going to have a really nice run uh, around the park or around the trails or it's it's pouring more rain and cold out here but it's quite fun to go mm-hmm. out and explore the, the difference in temperatures so it, it really is that intention of why you're running and why you're running for this particular time and this yeah. particular moment I never run out, I never go for a run to time it to see how fast I go, I'd go for a run to enjoy a coffee at the end of the run, <laughs> or something like that, or, or with friends I'll go for a run and we'll enjoy coffee and cake at the end of the run. Yeah. Um, and I had, uh, yes, yeah, sorry, What there was another question you asked me there.
0: Um so it was that well i think you like kind of intertwined the two the two questions because we were talking about like the 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 reason why people actually tend to reject running um and somehow you did answer to that as well
1: yeah yeah i just i just want to share a story actually again of yesterday um and i did i i run about six days a week and i so i run fair distance and stuff, not particularly fast, but I, I do mix up how I'm running or how I'm training. But yesterday I did a a, a, a half marathon for the first time to do an, oh. official, an official race, cause I haven't done an official race for ages. Um, and it was fascinating because there was a few things that I really, really took on board for that. Cause one, again, it was quite good to run with a big group. I mean, it was only 200, mm. it wasn't a massive half marathon. But it was great to see the, the difference in runners. Um, I was running with a, a friend and colleague, actually, um, who was um, guiding uh, a visually impaired runner. Okay. And this guy is in his 40s, early 40s. So he's been visually impaired for since, since he was four. So it's a genetic um, mm. a visual impairment. And he does have a subtle peripheral vision okay. but when he runs he closes off that he just puts dark glasses on because he doesn't want to be thinking oh i can i can vaguely see um and you know or people know when you're running it's it, it, it's running and, and looking where you're going is is really important but i was i was in in awe so much because i was running with them sort of like behind them or to the side of them and chatting and stuff and this guy was such an inspiration to see him running this this half marathon Uh, with Elaine and an inspirational to watch Elaine guiding him so she's just saying all right there's a there's a tree on the left (laughs) take a take left turn take the right turn there's a little bit of gravel in the middle of the road so she's giving all of these very clear directions as we're running as we're running a half marathon with people yeah yeah yeah. come to the left and we're just passing a group of runners so that was one thing that I found oh god inspirational but the other interesting thing um I, I discovered when that's what I was thinking about, because you mentioned the word performance mm. and um, I'm thinking about what performance means, because often we think of performance as in measuring how fast was I, particularly in runners, it's how fast was I on that matter? I need to beat, beat my personal best. Um, but that for me isn't always the case because you could really push it and injure yourself, but you might have shaved two minutes off your half marathon, yeah. or you might yeah. be 15 minutes slower, but you have a really good run. You've enjoyed the run. You you can get up at, in the next morning and you're not in agony. And, and there was just a real combination of people on this run. And as I say, it was a small run. So there were a lot of club runners on in that as well. And you could just see some who were really just not pacing it at the beginning and breathing really hard after three miles yep. and you just knew that, that, that they're not going to get round or if they do they, they're going to be really sore after that
0: Yeah. but uh,
1: again just the end bit of this it was quite undulating if anybody knows Essex in the UK everybody thinks Essex is flat this wasn't flat it was, it was there was no flat bit we <laughs> were either going down or we were going up so it was a challenging route but it was just great to see how elaine and this guy because i was following them i wasn't
0: yeah.
1: running, and luckily i could stay with them because i didn't know what it'd be like but it was just <laughs> to see how towards the end again this is just focusing on on the breath and how the breath worked is that people who were gassing out on the hills we were just sailing by them at the end because they had pushed too much so they gassed out yeah. they'd 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 gone more anaerobic earlier on in the race um and then were getting a little bit of recovery on the downhill but they were struggling on the downhill and then they were just like they just literally couldn't get back up those those gradual inclines so that was a real eye-opener for me again is just to say actually this 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 technique in inverted commas because it's not a technique but it it does work um and as i say elaine is a coach as well but this, this 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 guy she's guiding she'd been giving him guidance obviously in training so that, that's going off on a slight tangent but that was just quite an interesting point i thought yeah
0: no, so, uh, really really interesting actually because i'm thinking now um a lot of times when we um follow like a running program for example for instance uh, what we do when we go for an easy run we often say yeah i need to go at this pace right so yeah go around that pace and do that more or less but do you do that or do you guide yourself more through the breath because um you mentioned something about for example when you're pushing too much so if you're like running out of breath at the beginning for example that it's already for you like when you look especially from a running coach point of view it's already a sign that probably towards the end or middle of this like half marathon yeah. the runner will be already quite tired and probably if he or she finishes the actual race then either has a lot of pain maybe uh the stomach get, gets upset maybe yeah. that's colla- co- like a collapse or um yeah like it, this happens a lot especially half marathons marathons mm. so Is that something through the breath that can be like the guidance rather than a number on the watch? And I want to connect that also to the fact that at least that I noticed for myself, I can go running one morning and feel really good at a, I don't know, a pace of five. For example or whatever like a certain pace and i go the morning after or the day after and i feel really tired at the same pace so if i guide myself through the pace then especially when i talk about the easy run then i don't know how much that works what do you think yes
1: yeah that's really good questions there and you really have to understand what is meant by pace um and Pace, if you're measuring pace, it's something like, so you say there, right, so like five kilometers uh, per minute, per, per, per hour, no, yeah, five kilometers <laughs> per minute. Exactly. Do so you know what I mean? It's, it's knowing yeah. the, the speed. So knowing that the speed that you're going and how many kilometers per hour you'd be running or what kilometers per minute you'd be running. Um, but think of the things that affect that when you go outside. So say if you're on a treadmill you can set a speed and you can go right I'm going to run 10 kilometers per, per, per hour um, or I'm going to uh, run on a track. So if you run on a track you can set a time as you're running on a track so you can go by pace there. But actually if you are going on on any any race outside it's very difficult to have exactly the same pace as a monitor because you've got a little bit of downhill and a little bit of uphill. So say for example, yesterday, if I'd gone out and I want to do like a, a six minute mile or a five minute mile, um, then and I'd have gone out on pace on that. Yeah. And the first mile had been uphill and then the second mile had been downhill. You'd have been running at completely different effort levels. So unless, for for me, unless a runner is really clued up on pace, then I would, I would always go by effort level.
0: So Mm -hmm. what happened
1: yesterday, because it was a very gradual uphill to start off with, is -hmm. people went out too fast. So they were most probably, maybe, and maybe setting themselves to their watches to run at a certain pace, but it was way too fast unless that was a comfortable pace for them on a gradient of of whatever so you have to go by effort level so the pace and the speed is the consequence of of how well you run how well you breathe how economical you move how economical your your um, stride rate is how economical your running form is and ultimately how how um well cardiovascular you are as well and also obviously a lot to do with genes and things like that and how much what skill you have uh, and how often you've been training and how often this was part of your life so yeah. i would i would never really go by pace unless i knew exactly uh the course or exactly where i was running or if it was completely flat if you go onto a track and you just think yeah i want to do Um, some intervals and that's very flat you can then sort of like measure your time and measure your pace but of course you want an overall idea of if you are looking to improve of course you want to improve um but you won't improve by by being just focused on the pace because you'll try and get quicker when you need to when it might not be the right time to keep pace if that makes sense yeah Um, so so effort level is is the starting point. What, what do you feel like? And as you sure. say there, one of the easiest ways to, to feel comfortable when you are in any movement uh, um, uh, is to that that easy effort level is gonna be when you can comfortably breathe in and out through your nose. Because uh, as if you think about training in zone one or zone two or mm-hmm. gear one or gear two in running, then that your building your aerobic base. And if you're building your aerobic base, aerobic means with oxygen Mm -hmm. and should be able to, should be able to keep those oxygen and CO2 levels balanced when you're running aerobically. So you should be able to breathe easily in and out through the nose. It's a bit like what they'll often say is, can you hold a conversation? Mm -hmm. That's a really good way of monitoring whether you are aerobic, Problem with that, if you're holding a conversation for a long period of time, it actually uses energy. So yeah. we were all chatting. It's like, yeah, we're chatting and this is great. And of course, Elaine is giving directions. So she can't, she can't be just, she's using her energy to give directions as well. But when there was those tough little Hills we weren't talking, <laughs> otherwise it would just be, look, you're wasting energy doing that. So that, yeah. that, that is a really good way of just going, right. I've set my level I've set my
0: limit yeah yeah and um I have a question because when you talk about effort level uh for an experienced runner that might be quite easy to understand like whether you feel like okay I'm comfortable in breathing through my nose um if I've trained that also um but I feel like quite relaxed and everything but for someone starting out what I often hear is I really get out of breath. Like I can run five minutes, I get out of breath. Is that would you say like is that because he or she is probably going too fast? Is probably going too is using too much effort or or what? I don't know. I'm not sure.
1: Either or, but if if you get out of breath, you'll know you are you are you are going to a point where you need to slow down. Yeah. again this is one of the issues with a lot of ways that running is guided is that like right you have to push it so people think pushing it means getting out of breath and pushing when you're when you've lost control of the breath that is when you're going to injure yourself so of course you need to challenge yourself and you need to push yourself a little bit yeah but not point where you lose control where you are actually just damaging the body because if if you're gasping for breath and pushing yourself and and forcing things are going to break and it's not going to feel nice and if it doesn't feel nice you're not going to want to go out and do it again the next day or the day after that so that again is probably why most people go like running isn't for me and then they injure their knee or they injure their hip and then running gets all of this bad press about Oh, this is terrible! It's, it's it's not good for you, and most probably because we're not doing enough movement, we're not doing enough walking, and we're not doing enough um sort of like walk run. I think walk run is brilliant because that's what I will do. Is if someone who says I get out of breath, is you just go well walk, so yeah? You just go from an easy walk into an easy run, easy walk into an easy run, and the more you do that, the more you will you will find that you're doing more running than you are. Yeah. Doing more- rather than pushing to get faster
0: yeah 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 indeed intervals running and, uh, and walking are really helpful yeah. um, I have another question also about the um, breathing through the nose you mentioned like you, you mentioned that when, once you feel like you're comfortable in breathing through the nose that's a sign that you're running or that everything is going quite quite well um, I know that's quite hard to do. It's quite hard to do in your everyday life, breathing through the nose. Um, especially when you're running it becomes even more difficult. So how much, um, do you, <laughs> that's like, yeah, that's a bit of a tricky question, but like, how much do you believe that actually breathing through the nose helps a runner? Cause I've heard multiple points of view and I've heard also very good runners saying, yeah, I don't think that's, that helps me. So uh, I never know exactly how to approach. I'm curious, like from a, yeah expert runner coach as well, running coach. How do you see that?
1: Uh, it's, it's a really good question. And again, I've had, again, lots of conversations with people. I think what, what we've got to understand is um, first thing, what are the benefits from breathing in through the nose? So that's where I start. So we know this is all scientific it's all researched it's all backed by science that yeah when you breathe in through the nose you're actually warming and humidifying the air so that's point number one you're clearing um any bacteria viruses so we know all of this is going on the other really important thing again from an exercise point of view is nasal nitric oxide Mm -hmm. so when you breathe in through the nose you are you are harnessing this nasal nitric oxide which is a gas which is created in the nasal cavity which works as a vasodilator which helps to open up the airways if you're opening up the airways you're getting more oxygen uptake so we know all of those benefits of breathing in and out through the nose or in through the nose so that is the first point i often find that people almost try too much to breathe in and out through the nose and that actually when they get to a point where they're going beyond comfortable they'll start pulling in and pulling in and then tightening the jaw because they're going i can't breathe out through the mouth so they're almost like tight i'm exaggerating a little bit but you know what i mean it's like i am trying to breathe in and out through the nose when you get to that point that's going to be detrimental that it's almost yeah. like point push yourself to that point so and also breathing out through the mouth there's a the big difference between runners who do <laughs> and you get all of that where people gasping out and gassing out to so I can be breathing and my mouth's open a little bit, but my tongue yeah. is still in resting position. My yeah. jaw is, and again, I would I would highlight get people to watch Chigovi Chico, Chico. Oh, god, shogi. <laughs> um, uh. I did a uh, sort like when he ran the sub two hour marathon, when he, that wasn't a, an official marathon, but he ran below the two yeah, hours.
0: I, yeah, I remember. Fantastic
1: shot of him running, smiling, breathing through the nose, relaxed. So I think that nasal breathing is, is not about breathing in a particular way. It's being relaxed when you're breathing. Yeah. Um, and it's not about, gassing out so occasionally you will need to breathe out a little bit through the mouth let go a little bit through the mouth but i was listening to runners again going back to yes only because it's thing but it was a really beneficial because i was listening to runners and you could hear them breathing in a particular pattern so they were going and they were doing like which in a way is good but not so hard,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you know? What
1: I mean? It's like to have that rhythm of the breath. But they were they were almost forcing the breath out through yeah. the mouth, and then you end up overbreathing.
0: Yeah. So
1: I get what people mean because actually, what's going on physiologically? Once that breath is in the body, then the Bohr effect happens, gas exchange happens, but it's it's how relaxed do you feel? when you're breathing, how comfortable and easy do you feel when you're breathing? So if you've got your mouth open a little bit, or if there's a little bit of breath out through the mouth, or there's a little bit of breath in through the mouth, it's not the end of the world. I don't think you have to be obsessed with, I have to keep my mouth closed and breathe through the nose. Yeah. Um, So I, I get, I get both, but I just think if I'm running in gear two, do I have to open my mouth? no
0: and again mm. yesterday
1: when i was running we were running most probably in i was running at sort of like top of the th- going up to threshold-ish because of the undulating yeah i didn't have to open my mouth i opened my mouth to chat yeah i didn't, open, I didn't have to open my mouth i would never got to that point where i had to exhale excess co2 yeah so even even going up the hills there was we we got the momentum going but I never pushed it to that point where I got to the top of the hill, where I'd have to go, which is what you can do because that's, that's a great way of doing it. But that's a great way of doing it. If you're doing a short run, or you're doing an interval, if you're doing a half marathon, I would suggest that you need to keep it at a pretty Mm. steady level. And the other thing that we did, we did do on that, which was really interesting. Again, when I look at the splits on our Garmin, on my Garmin. Yeah. (laughs) ran what is called a negative split Mm -hmm. so actually the second half of our race was quicker than the first half of the race and that that is a really not by masses and actually pretty much each of the um my message in kilometers pretty much each of the kilometers was pretty much the same and i wasn't monitoring it i was checking my heart rate occasionally um but we weren't looking at time we weren't looking at mile markers that that was literally just going from effort but of course that's a skill that you learn and of course that's the training that you you get out of that but I think first thing is is just awareness for people is is those key things is it's not about killing yourself it shouldn't be about pushing yourself too much but I do get that point about I do hear runners say well I don't need to breathe through the nose I can just breathe through the mouth it's not necessarily where you breathe as much it's how well you're breathing how effortless breathing is and i guarantee most people if they breathe with less effort they're going to have their mouth closed anyway what's the point of breathing through the mouth (sighs) or blowing breath out if you don't need to yeah yeah you wouldn't watch tv and sit there going
0: (sighs) (sighs) (laughs) you wouldn't do it yeah yeah, and would you would you say or like suggest to someone either either if they're starting with running or if they're experienced runners to um, how to say like change the training schedule based on the way the breath plays a role in that? What I mean is um, I often hear you saying also that it's a breath to guide the movement rather than the other way around. Um, And I come to the question, sometimes the breath, sometimes we cannot breathe uh, really calmly, especially if the effort that we are doing is really high. So Mm -hmm. if I'm pushing myself a little bit more because I, for example, need to train, I don't know, we talked about intervals, for example, keeping into the running. When I do intervals, if I need to run fast for 30 seconds, my breathing pattern maybe, well, most likely changes. And I get the point of like still it can be not so much effort because you feel like out of breath completely after 30 seconds of fast running. Then it's a sign that probably you're not ready for that, so how would you like what is leading for you, is it the breath leading or is it the actual plan movements, whatever that is
1: it's i would go it, it's i it's always the breath leading but it depends on the tension of the the intention of the movement so if my intention is to sprint for 400 meters i'm not going to go my breath is leading me into that 400 meters sprint. <laughs> in the wrong gear there's no way you can follow a, just an easy calm nasal breath yeah you can do is then so obviously the more effort the more energy you need the more breath you need so the more air you need the more oxygen you need so you use i would use a more active out breath on that so which could be mm. an exhale could be a type of exhale because that's easier to use that that sound with an exhale when you, when you're running fast just for a short period of time than it is to actively exhale through the nose it doesn't mm. feel as comfortable yeah, but if you're doing a 400 or a 100 meter interval where you are going flat out, you should be getting to the point where you are out of breath, if you like, but not out of control of the breath. I think yeah. that's the, the big difference, because if you push yourself so much that it takes you a long time to recover, that, that that's that's not doing your body any good. But if you push yourself to the to the edge, and then know how to recover, and know what breath to use to recover. Then, then you that's that's using the breath for recovery as well. So you've got the breath for different different gears, if you like, in in what you're doing, what the intention yeah. is. Moving
0: on. Yeah, I really like this. It's uh, like the out of breath, but not out of control um, yeah. of your breath, because I think that's a, that's a really important guiding line. Because what I notice, for example, when I'm training others um is the end of like a really high effort is a lot of like <laughs> <laughs> so it's really high breath and what i always invite people to do is not to breathe through the nose necessarily but to excel like focus excel get get that yeah. get energy out instead of doing what it actually is happening often which is getting a lot of air in which yeah. brings your recovery time to be way longer and yes. less efficient as well.
1: Yeah. So yeah. That, that point where you get to the edge, when you feel that like I need to do, do that like panting and gasping, bringing area, yeah. you must probably gone a little bit too far with that. But you should be able to get to the edge, and you should be able to do two, almost like two or three big, just offloading, just blowing off yeah. that excess. Get rid of that excess CO two and then you can go back into nasal breathing. So just it's just like really big efforts to get rid of offload, as you say, exhale, exhale, get rid of that built-up CO2. And then the sooner you can come back into calm exhaling, the then you recover quicker.
0: Yeah. Um
1: yeah. and I've done that again with a heart rate monitor on, and you can see then you can really bring your heart rate down. So that that's the benefit you're getting is 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 the recovery. So yeah. if, if I'm yeah. doing almost like when i'm when i'm training when i'm actually running i'm not necessarily thinking about the breath but when i'm doing intervals it's then the recovery breath where you can really focus on your breath work if you like in that mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah indeed and uh yeah that's actually really really helpful and that's also one of the reasons why there's so much uh interest also from my side to teach people how to to breathe and that sounds really strange because the times people say yeah but i know how to breathe mm. but it's that that sensation of like how can you be aware because if you understand how scientifically it works also that makes so much more sense that at the end of an effort you're gonna exhale even though your body wants to do something else because i got used to that probably um when you understand what's behind it you actually wanna emphasize your exhale, so you can get rid of CO2 and all the changes that happened and in the body. Right? Um, and, uh, yeah, so saying that is also a <laughs> question that I have is, why is it? Why do you think it's so not um, a big part of people's life breathwork? And also, why are people so in general, like so disconnected from it? because Mm. there's a lot of like, um, attention to workouts, uh, fitness workouts, getting out of breath, feeling like drains, uh, going running and like going running and not feeling like finishing a run because of this, there's often so much disconnection from Mm. the way we breathe. Mm. And sometimes that surprises me. Why do you think?
1: I, I think, um, I think a lot of it is to do with the way we market fitness and Mm. the way it's put across in the Western world, because it is all about performance in terms of time, in terms of being the best, in terms of pushing yourself, which is great. I am not saying any of that is wrong, but I think it's then misinterpreted. Um, You can do all of that with the understanding of the being aware of how we breathe. And I think quite rightly, as you say, um we, do, we we're not aware of the breath a lot of the time but actually that's quite beneficial because we don't want to be thinking about every single breath we take and i've had clients who've done we we focus a little bit on the breath and then they become anxious because you're focusing on the breath so i think the other important thing for me is really highlighting that actually breath work can almost like end up end up being like an exercise <laughs> and once that's good where and again i think this is where the oxygen advantage stands slightly different from other breath work techniques is that what we really want to be aware of is the really simple stuff don't worry about all your hyperventilation or all of the different styles of breath that you can do to start off with just don't worry about all of that to start off with just think about the simple stuff about how do i breathe in everyday life and yeah. how to how to actually How do I utilise oxygen? How does that help me keep calm and relaxed when I need to be keep calm and relaxed? What can I do to help me reduce stress a little bit? Um, And I think the more you focus on that, the more you don't have to think about how you breathe when you exercise. You can just give clients then a couple of tips. Like we say there, here's a breathing recovery exercise. Yeah, Um, You're not breathing in a particular way. So I think also with breath work it's like people would go right how do i breathe when i run this again i could hear it happening in the in the in the running yesterday somebody had obviously taught this person to breathe in a particular way but they were just over breathing as they were running and it's like that that's not that's not good and i i knew that would be that would not feel good um uh So often breath work is often taught. How do I breathe when I, when I exercise? How do I breathe when I run? How do I breathe when I do yoga or how do I breathe? (laughs) Start off with how you breathe in everyday life first and make sure you're breathing functionally in everyday life. Make sure you are getting rest and recovery, um, and making sure that people understand that importance of that's where you bring energy into the body. Uh, and if you're not breathing efficiently, then you're most probably not moving efficiently.
0: Yeah. There's
1: a couple of quotes. Um, One that I like, and I can't remember who said it is, um, any sign of neuromuscular overload is seen in the breath. And I think that's really good because Mm -mm. if you see someone struggling with movement, you see it in the breath. If you see someone stressed out because they're anxious, you see it in the breath. So the breath is there and the breath is telling us these things. And then yeah. the other one um, is if breathing is not normalised, no other movement pattern can be. So any runner who says to me, oh, well, I didn't, don't need to worry about breathing, will we say, well, actually, look, if you can breathe more efficiently, you're taking less oxygen to breathe, you're having to do less with the breathing muscles, uh, all of that energy can go into your performance. So they'll, <laughs> they'll get that if you give them the, those ideas of you, that you can improve um, your your skill by just bringing awareness to some simple things it doesn't have to be overcomplicated.
0: yeah 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 and that makes a lot of sense um yeah no thank you and uh, i also would like to to understand because you said like you're not practicing chi running right now right or you're not teaching it if that's probably a better thing
1: Yes, yeah, 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 yes. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm not teaching chi uh, running uh, at the moment. I still run. Okay. I still practice running. There, there are various reasons why I'm not teaching the the actual technique. Okay. Uh, that chi running really helped me with, um, bring sort of like movement and in breath and movement together, and it was a really good starting point for me.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, more curious also to understand like what uh kind of work are you doing right now like with connection with the breath work with connection with running with sports and also uh just like i'm wrapping up a little bit also our conversation because i would love to talk about many more things for example the importance of injuries but i have the feeling that this could be very important topic for another conversation and really focus it on injury because uh, what i've had at the beginning of the year quite a big injury myself i had a surgery on my knee um, and the breath played a big role because while I was going through it, I was actually going also for the course of oxygen advantage and so on, so it really helped my recovery and my body awareness, so but I believe that topic needs uh, an hour by itself because yeah, there's definitely. so much Yeah. so to just uh, conclude a little bit and uh, wrapping up our conversation, I would love to know what kind of Work are you doing right now, and how also people could potentially work with you, and where you're focusing on, and what direction you move into towards.
1: One of the one of the big things um, where I have found benefits clients enormously, immensely, um, and what I love and do enjoy doing as well, because of course as a coach you've got to enjoy doing what you're coaching, otherwise the clients aren't going to get the benefits from it um is <laughs> retreats and i think this yeah. is an area um where i'm finding people really even just for a short period of time can really sort of like immerse themselves get themselves out of the comfort zone a little bit get themselves out of their comfortable environment mm-hmm. uh, and and just do stuff that is challenging but it it it's not it's not over stressful, it's still yeah. so i would yeah. do like retreats adventure holidays so i really emphasize that holiday aspect of it is i don't want anybody to finish it the the retreat or the holiday feeling whacked out and needing to do more and none of them are competitive so there's no com even when mm. we do running retreats it is not competitive um and in fact we stop and we drink beer and we have a coffee and we take pictures and then we run <laughs> a little bit more and if some of the group are a little bit slower, we, we mix it up, but we always run together as a group and there's never (laughs) any ego or there's never any, we have to get to that point by whenever it's very much a tribe of adventurers or a a tribe (laughs) of travelers. So we're using, we're using running as a, as a form of getting from one place to another rather than uh, racing because for example, next week I'm going to Spain and, that is beautiful so who wants to run through the costa brava and then just go oh yeah i've done 13 miles but i didn't see anything because i'm running so it's very much running walking a uh, little bit of scrambling um some qigong in the mornings and some bit of cold bit of swimming and stuff like that so mm-hmm. that's that's the idea of what i work on in terms of the retreats and varied ones in fact i just did you talked about the oxygen advantage instructor training there so we just did I did with a colleague Andrew Ritchie we did uh, a retreat oxygen advantage instructor training which no one this was the first one worldwide that nobody had done it as a retreat okay so we done like we did like the, the days in London or does online courses but we did a extended uh, retreat and we did some hot and cold exposure nice. and we did additional modules and things like that um, and everybody stayed in in the retreat center, and that was just a great experience. I think a lot of people learn out of that out of that whole social connection. Yeah um, And then also I'm doing some uh, corporate works'm so working with some corporate organizations bringing helping with with stress management and and um, making sure that we can help them with um, building resilience and stuff like that. that that that's going really well, some programs like that. Yeah, um, and then I, st- I do do one to one clients, um, from, from just locally, but I also mm-hmm. do uh, Zoom one to one clients as well. So it's a mixture, but breath work is at the heart of it because it all breath has to be at the heart of it. So you couldn't, t- I couldn't, I couldn't take someone running without mentioning the breath, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so do you know what I mean? It's not like yeah. I separate and go now we are doing oxygen advantage, now
0: we are
1: <laughs> doing, now we are doing. No. We tre- you have to combine it, it, it all together and use everything you learn as a coach to be able to you'll see, help your clients that they ultimately are yeah. there to help your clients and, and help them uh, improve and feel better uh, and enjoy what they're doing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed, it's like breath becomes like sort of like a link. In between all the things like among all the things that we are doing becomes like a guiding line and yeah. not like only breathwork not only that specific thing but it's always present once is there it's always there <laughs> yeah i think that's
1: a really important thing and again that's something that i really like to stress is that again it's very easy to compartmentalize and particularly mm. in today's world of marketing is like oh i have to yeah. sell this program so this, this is that program, this is breath work, and this yeah. is movement, or, or this is yoga. It's like, it's breathing and moving, and yeah. all of that together. And if yes, you can do a focused workshop, more focusing on the breath, but that's gonna be much better. If you're focusing on the breath and you're sitting in a stuffy little room on a hardback chair, doing a breathing meditation, yeah, that, that, I'm not saying there's anything wrong in that, but actually, why not get outside and do it as you're walking in nature? So all of that is combined. So it's not just a breathing exercise, yeah. breath work. It's it's a whole experience.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed. Indeed. I think it's, um, yes, a lot of times, like when, when we talk about breath work, we see it as like a circle meditation and... Yeah as much as this is also important like it's a more can be like a great morning practice or whatever yeah. but that's not the point for how to use the breath in your everyday life because you won't not. be sitting all the time well you will be sitting on time maybe yeah. but you won't be by yourself with closed eyes all the time it's yeah. about like how you interact as well right yeah. yeah,
1: just quickly a story from Saturday, which I did. So I was doing a, a workshop with a group of massage therapists. It was a massage, thera- mm. massage therapist um, conference. And we, we had a room. I was doing oxygen advantage, but take a small room with 12 people in there and we was, there were chairs and everything, and it was fine but luckily there was some space outside. So I was right. like, we'll do half iron here and then we'll go outside. <laughs> and the bit they all loved was all being outside. They were going, oh my God, this is amazing. We did some simple Qigong movements. And these are guys who know the, do you know what I mean? These are massage therapists. So they they've done massage training and years and years of that, know their stuff, holistic massage. But again, the minute we went outside, ah oh, this is brilliant and, and yeah. it was like kids yeah. it was like we were like playing outside and that that was really useful for me because i was like mm-hmm. do i do this or not or shall we just stay indoors is it going <laughs> to be go
0: <laughs> yeah yeah but that's uh, actually it's funny that you mentioned that it's uh it's amazing how different it is when you're outside doing something yeah. uh rather than when you're inside um i was outside yesterday working and like doing some stuff outside and then just you perceive so much, you know, we had like really strong sun and like really warm. And then at one point I felt like the temperature dropped, it, everything changed. I was like, oh, it's going to rain. And I didn't see the sky because I was like working outside, but below something. And I felt like this air is like raining, like it's going to rain, you know, like it's a very simple thing. But if I was indoor, probably I would have even noticed it. And there's yes. so much perception that is activated when we are we spend time outside that it's yeah like it's so um yeah so much underrated i think um and Oh we, definitely yeah.
1: i think i think that's like it's like the breath isn't it we talk about awareness yeah. of the breath but actually you think you don't even have to do breath work then when you go outside your breath will change naturally anyway yeah 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 sort of like, you know what i mean that will put you into a light calm relaxed mood usually or when it's raining and i think exactly as you say there it's important i like to experience different temperatures and and different environments because that's that's what we we designed to do yeah designed to sit in a room of the same temperature with the the same lighting from day to night, we're designed to be outside and bringing awareness again. So again, with the retreats, that's one of the things they're, they're outdoors. They're mm-hmm. all mostly outdoors, obviously there's some indoor space. And if it's horrendous and cold, I wouldn't get people outdoors breathing <laughs> or get people outdoors to do a practice if it wasn't appropriate. Yeah. That so I always have indoor space as well, but wherever you can, we're out in the forest. So we're out on the trails and uh, yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah 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 okay then uh well i think uh is there something else that you want to add maybe like to just uh, wrap up or
1: i don't think so i mean i thought that you've asked some really good questions there so i appreciate that and hopefully i've given some vague answers
0: <laughs> yeah well I, th- I think you gave like really not not vague answers actually very helpful answers and okay. also the intention with this is also to get to know you a little bit more and to uh, like for people to hear the point of view sure. of someone with experience with running but o- not only running as the standard way of running but also mm. with different influences also from other places mm. not only the western world. Um, and the importance of breath throughout mm-hmm. every practice and how the breath can actually guide us into good and healthy movement practices as well. Okay. Yeah. So what I wanted to mention just to, to finish up also is that people of course can get in contact with you. I will leave all your details below the podcast as well. Um, but in general for emails, you can contact hello at adventuresinmovement.com. Uh, that's a website as well correct
1: yeah that's right yeah
0: and uh, you can follow gray also on instagram as uh, as Gray um, i will write that down as well but it's g r a y c a w s on linkedin again with his name and surname on youtube again on name surname and there you will find also all his contacts What's the next retreat you're going organizing? Where is it? The Spain one, but it's soon.
1: Uh, España next week on the nice. um, on the fifth of October, which is okay. a whale strike over here in the UK. And I've got to try and fly an out fly out to Girona. Okay, um, so that's that's next week. Uh, after that, um, the next retreat actually will be March, which will be in Scotland. Oh. Um, so the four-day retreat up there, and then we've got some oxygen advantage instructor training. I've got Costa Brava again next year. I've got Portugal with a couple of American colleagues, which is a fantastic retreat. When um, Portugal is June? Okay, um, that, that's a nice one. It's, it's a different one because of that I I'm sort of like the guest teacher on that. So okay. it's not a retreat that I organize. It's a couple of American colleagues who. Um, I met in Asheville in the States who've actually moved over from the States and now live in Portugal. Mm. Uh, so they bring a lot of Americans over um, and it's it's very much a mindful uh, retreat and, and Larry teaches Qigong, a mindful movement. And it's, um, I've forgotten, it's certified for American psychologists as well. So it's um, mm. so it's it's quite a good course, uh, quite a good workshop, uh, quite a good retreat sorry, with the course. Yeah.
0: The work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll be sharing some of this as well, because yeah. uh, some very interesting, and there's a lot of things happening ahead. And uh yeah, I guess like if you're listening and maybe you wanna like get in contact with Gray for company retreats. Where where are you located right now, Gray?
1: So I'm located in the UK, in London. In the UK. Yeah, yeah. All so that's. that's... All the retreats are on the website
0: as well. So. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that's uh, that will be available there then. Okay. Then uh, thank you so much for today's talk. And uh, I hope we're gonna have other occasions also to maybe dive deeper into specific topics um, that are of interest. And uh, especially the injury one, I think it's something I really would love to talk about.
1: Brilliant, no, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for, for asking me.